Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by Engage for Good and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com and selfishgiving.com. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, Joe Waters here, and welcome to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. I'm on the line, of course, with Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello. Megan, we have a great show today, and it's taking us to the, uh, to the sky, to the air, no less. On the show with us today is Isima Gibbs, and she's the Director of Corporate Social Responsibility for JetBlue, and we're here to talk about JetBlue for Good, Megan. And JetBlue for Good is all about inspiring humanity both in the air and on the ground. I love that, Isima. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Tell us all about how did how did um, JetBlue for Good uh, get started? Like, what was the impetus for this program? Has it been around as long as the company has been around, or did it come afterwards? The program came afterwards, and actually JetBlue for Good came about when we were sitting around talking about how to galvanize all the wonderful things that we were doing in the community under one umbrella. And so we spent a lot of time thinking about what we wanted that to be, and we ultimately came up with JetBlue for Good. Can can you talk a little bit about just some of the things? I know you have some major pillars that JetBlue for Good focuses on, but can you give us some examples, our listeners, some examples of some of the things you guys work on? Because you have all sorts of amazing, amazing programs that engage crew members and passengers and the community. So if you could give us kind of a high level of some of those, that would be great. Sure. We have several programs, some of which we call our signature programs, such as Soar with Reading. Soar with Reading is a program that we created about six years ago to kind of address the summer slide, but also to address um, lack of access to books. And as we formed an an education panel to our advisory board to help us make good decisions, as we've done research, we've really created a program that allows us to move the needle for social change and we're really trying to solve for access because in low-income neighborhoods it's very hard to find books and we want to see if we can change that not only change that for communities that we're working in but maybe change the mind of retailers because when we think of of stores um maybe you know general stores where you you pick up merchandise or dollar-type stores, you always think that there are books there. But in low-income neighborhoods, they don't carry books. And and you could probably find a book or two in your grocery store. And in low-income neighborhoods, they don't carry books. And so not only are we trying to change the the mindset of retailers, but we also want to provide books for those communities. So Soarth Reading is doing that. Um, This year we'll be going to Fort Lauderdale and providing about 100,000 books to children in need. Mm -hmm. And as we continue to morph the program, we're actually adding books to our uh, adult books to our program as well. And these will be distributed through our creative vending machine um, initiative where customers, um, community members can take books from vending machines totally free. So that's that's one of our programs. It really is a cool program. Mm. When we were trying to continue to move the program along, how do you make it different? How do you make it um, special? And how do you make it 
accessible for the community. And one thing that we realized is that when we were giving books out, it didn't involve choice. But when kids can pick the book that they want, all of the name recognition and title recognitions and reading that they do to decide what book they want, and then when they know they can come back and get another book, it really makes them feel special. So we're continuing that program through vending machines. Um, And so that's a a great example of a program that will sit under the JetBlue for Good name. Now, I'm curious on something like that. Where do you... Uh, who do you work with on the vending machine component? Because obviously JetBlue is not, um, you know, in the in the vending machine making business. Uh, but is there a partner that you work with, or do you just lease them or rent them or something like that? Because delivering books is probably different from delivering a candy bar or or soda or something like that. Well, it is a little bit different, and we actually work with IVS, which is a vending machine company. The, the vending machines are custom made. You know, when we started with the program, you don't know what you don't know. So what we've realized is that um, books, because they come in so many different sizes and shapes, we had to work with certain books and um, we had to weigh the books. So they have to check the books and, and put them in the vending machine and size them. So we have to follow a very strict rotation. But it's a wonderful program because, like I said, it gives kids up. The, the opportunity to choose their own book. And what we found as we continue to grow the program and really make the program a meaningful social change program, we we realized that parents wanted books too because the community of reading at home was really important and adults wanted to have that opportunity to, to show their children that reading was important by reading. How did you come to focus on youth as one of your core areas. I know education is part of that too. And you do a lot of STEM programs, which makes a a lot of sense in terms of being in the aviation industry and focusing on science and math. But what, how did you, how did that youth component come to be such a highlight for you? Youth and education became such a highlight for JetBlue because we asked our customers and we asked our crew members what they were passionate Mm -hmm. about. And if we're asking our customers to engage with us, then we want to make sure we're meeting them where they are and where they find an interest. And so that's one of the reasons we focus on youth and education. And I always say that youth and education is one of our core main focuses. The other one is community, and that is community investment, but also community involvement through volunteering, and then the environment and sustainability. And that's not all we do, but that's where we like to to put probably close to 80% of our time, talent, and treasure in those areas, primarily because our customers and crew members really care about those initiatives. Mm. Now, you have um, a very far-flung employee workforce. How do you communicate with them about these types of initiatives? Like, how did you get the information about them liking it? I mean, is it a matter of them having a portal that they go on that's JetBlue-related? Do you actually go out, Isima, and talk to every person at JetBlue to get their opinion about what they should be doing? Well, I wish I could, but we're 20,000 strong yeah, right that's now. Right. So we've, um, we've done a few things. We've done surveys. Um, we have a a great group of crew members who help spread our mission in every city. We call them our CSR liaisons. And um, we also have the opportunity to meet with our volunteers once a year at a huge company-sponsored recognition dinner for volunteering. So crew members who volunteer 150 hours get to have the opportunity to mingle with all of our senior leaders, and we celebrate and thank them for what they do through this dinner. And that's another opportunity that we have a chance to um, 
And it's another time that we have a chance to ask them what is important and what they're doing. And then we can see what the, where they volunteer and, mm. and how that might tie into a little bit more of, of the things that we're doing um, externally as well. And then for your employees, 20,000 is, is a significant number. So how are they plugging in? Like, how would they plug into the reading programs that you do in low-income neighborhoods? Are they staffing the vending machines? Are they doing other things? And then are you giving them a choice in how they're volunteering and participating? Or are you corporately organizing, you know, here are the three events we're doing this year. And if you'd like to plug in, that's fantastic. So I think it's a a real combination of all that you said, but the point I'd like to focus on is our crew members, and we call employees crew members, our crew members have the opportunity to volunteer where they're passionate. So we don't dictate what what they should do or what they can do at all. If you are passionate about working with animals, then that's what we want you to do. And not only do we encourage you to do that, we celebrate you. So for every 50 hours that our crew members volunteer, they are given the opportunity to receive two positive space round trip tickets anywhere JetBlue flies that can be donated to the charity of their choice. Wow, that's so cool. we it it is really yeah. cool and it really encourages it, it and when you're in if you're in a small town and you're working with a small nonprofit those tickets go a long way to help with not only development, but they can also be used for if the nonprofit would like to ten, attend a conference that they might have never been able to attend. So this is the way that we encourage our, this is how we connect with our crew members. So they tell us what they're doing so they can receive their rewards. That's they, great. They log their hours and we have the opportunity to have dialogue, not only with them, but it gives us the opportunity maybe to find a gem of a, an organization that we might connect with, or um, it get, lets us, kind of see what they're doing and what people are passionate about. That's what's really special about our program. It's not company dictated. And I think if it was, we wouldn't have as much engagement. Last Mm -hmm. year we had, for 2016, we've logged just over 175,000 volunteer hours. Wow. We're really proud of that number because we're such a small new company, but we think that our crew members are the best in the business, best in class, and very compassionate and concerned about their community, which is why they give back so much. Do um, Is your workforce a relatively young one to ISEMA that you are doing these cause programs too because it's impl- important to millennials and you want to appear, appeal to a younger population? It is absolutely yeah. important, but I, I will tell you that it's also important to um, – to, to a lot of people, it's it's really important to that demographic because that's how they're making their decisions for where they work. But it's important to us because it's it's also how it's part of a retention. People want to be with a company and stay with a company that cares about them and their causes. So it's it's not only attraction, but it's retention. And then it's engagement. People who volunteer have a tendency to be a little bit more engaged, uh, studies show, with the company that they're working for. So we, we use it as a, as a thread woven throughout all of those different um, aspects of the hiring and retention process. I want to talk a little bit about consumer engagement. We've talked a little bit about employee engagement, but you have a, you, you know, you're a unique company in that you have a relationship with a consumer where they're spending a lot of time with you on a flight. 
Um, but it's not necessarily something where they have their wallet out per se, um, at a checkout, for example. So how do you engage consumers in some of the things that you're doing? Are you trying to build awareness? Are you trying to get them involved with some of the good works that you're doing? How are you, how are you using that captive time with your, with your, with your, what's the word I'm looking for? Passengers when they're, (laughs) when they're in the air. So, I, you know, I always say that if JetBlue was a person, people would want to be our friend. Mm-hmm. And that's a really great position to be in. We are um, able to get our customers to participate with us in a lot of different things, initiatives that we do. So, for example, we're currently doing one thing that's green, where we're giving our customers the opportunity to vote for a city that should receive a green space. And although there's nothing directly in it for our customers, they participate and tell us where they want us to go. So last year there was a really big, um, not a war, but a really big friendly competition is is what I'm trying to say. Friendly competition (laughs) between our cities and Austin was the little engine that could. They got the airport involved and they got wow. the airlines involved and they got the mayor involved. And it, the city of Austin really came out and they won. And we just a few, last month actually completed the, um, the donation of a park area or cleaning up a park and adding some greenery and working on runoff, water runoff, and a lot of different components to this park, but the city got to pick what they wanted to use the grant for, but the city of Austin was just so engaged. And I think that's one of the ways that we get our customers participating. So we asked them, they, we asked them to vote where they wanted us to bring the next group of vending machines. Last year, we were in Detroit. This year, Fort Lauderdale won hands down, and the city of Fort Lauderdale got involved. Um, and, and in fact, I just saw Washington, D.C. is one of the cities that's competing for one thing that's green this year. And I just saw um, a, a television, a small television news caption about, um, and they were talking about, you know, you have a chance to bring something great to Washington, just vote. So people really get involved. And wow. We really, we really are pleased that, that our our brand resonates with our customers in this way. So, you know, I'm kind of surprised I seen that Boston just didn't win everything. And I'm wondering, is it <laughs> did places like uh, Austin and Fort Lauderdale, did they just win because the Boston people let them? I don't think that the Boston people let them. And I do think that the Boston people got engaged. That's right. I just don't think they were quite as, as engaged as those other two cities. Well, the next time. Because you I'm, weren't a part of it, That's Joe. right. You know what I'm going to do is next time I'm at Logan Airport, I'm going to give them all a little uh, pep talk. <laughs> well, I think you should give them a pep talk. And yeah. um, they're not in the running this year for the green space. But we'll see what happens with the books and see if they have a chance to okay. redeem them, redeem themselves this year. If it makes you feel any better, yeah. though, New York didn't win either. Oh, well, that's good. Whew. Well, that's okay. that's fine because New Yorkers don't win anything anymore. So, I mean, that's just normal now. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was a little dig. <laughs> Feeling a little, little chilly, a little chilly. Well, you know, see, when you go into Logan Airport, Megan, and you're heading toward the JetBlue area, they have all the flags of all the championships that Boston teams have won. And I think it would only be appropriate that if the JetBlue team wins the book award this year, that they would hoist a flag in their honor among all those halo fl- hallowed flags. What do you think? I will absolutely say this. Yeah. 
that I won't pretend it's my idea, but I will definitely give you credit. And suggest <laughs> that if you know, it's it, just so you know, when I do come up with a great idea, people almost always give me credit for it because they don't think it's a great idea. All right. <laughs> well, I will. I will absolutely give you all the credit for that, no matter where it goes. Awesome. Um, well, I, and I wanted to kind of tack on just a follow up question to my question. So you were talking about um, it sounds like you're engaging consumers and passengers by asking them to vote and direct some of the actions that you're taking, which is fantastic. Um, I, and I know you can do that online. Like right now you can go to I think it's just JetBlueForGood.com. You can go there and, and vote for which city you think should be receiving a green space. Um, but I'm curious to know how what lessons have you learned about in, using the, the seatback screens on JetBlue Airlines in terms of engaging people. Are you using those to communicate? Are you using those to communicate with people and kind of share the good works you're doing? Absolutely. We are definitely using that tool. And one of the the key findings is that not only do our customers participate and watch those um, small and short videos that we have on the seatback slides, but, uh, and whether it could be a video or it could be a still slide, but our crew members learn from it as well. And so mm-hmm. while we initially thought we were hitting just one audience, it really is two audiences because as a, a crew member, we are allowed to fly, and, and that's one of the perks for working for an airline. And when you're in the seat, you what are you doing? You're doing what everybody else is, what everybody else is doing. You're watching the, the TV screens. And so you have a chance, just like our customers, to learn about our programs. And, and I've interestingly enough, found out that that's how a lot of our information gets communicated. So we Hmm. send it out via email and we have a daily news that goes out to crew members. But one of the ways they find out about programs is also through our seatback slides or our seatback videos. That's awesome. We've been able to to reach two audiences and that's one of the unintended consequences for um, and one that we love that we are able to reach customers and crew members alike. I see. Man, one of the things I'm curious about, and we ask this question a lot when we're talking to businesses about this, is how important do you think causes are to businesses these days that, you know, maybe specifically in the airline industry, but also businesses in general? Do you think it's critical that businesses and airlines be involved in the cause sector as much as you folks are? I think it's critical for a few reasons. We've already talked about the crew member base or for others, the employee base and why that's important to them. But I think that we're saying that public-private partnership is going to have to fill the gaps for a lot of social services that might not um, continue to exist or or who need just need a, an addition, some additional support. So no matter how great your school is, it doesn't mean that you can't use somebody to come in and tutor. No matter how um, wonderful your community is, that doesn't mean if a Sandy comes that you won't need somebody to help you rebuild a playground. And these are things that we do. And so public-private partnership is really what helps to continue to make communities and neighborhoods flourish. It makes people feel really proud to work for a company, but it also makes the community feel that the company cares for them. So I think that it's really important for for companies to sort of put their money where their mouth is. And if it's not a lot of money, then it should be some time. But how do you engage in the communities where you live and work? Absolutely. It's so important. Well said, Isima. Well, thank you so, so much for being with us today and sharing a little bit more about JetBlue for good. Where can people find out more about your programs online if they might want to do that? They can go to JetBlueForGood.com and find out more about some of our programs and they can continue to, um, we have a blog series 
lot of information that we um, that we communicate to a customer happens via Twitter. They can find out about us um, when we do things on Facebook. So we're really engaged socially, socially, but JetBlue for Good will give them an opportunity to find out a little bit more about who we are and some of the things that we're doing. And if they listen um, between now and the end of the month, they can vote for a city to receive a green space. It's, um, it's one thing that's green, and we're asking people to tell us where to park, so to speak. That's our little pun. And the cities that are up this year are San Francisco, Washington, D.C., Fort Lauderdale, and San Juan, Puerto Rico. So people can vote and help us decide where we're going to make an investment next year. Excellent. Well, um, we will be we will be airing this in the month of April. So you you heard Isima. Um, I do have another opportunity for you as well. If you are interested in potentially winning two tickets to fly, courtesy of JetBlue, we are doing a little promotion where if you tell us personally how you engage for good, either on Twitter by using the Engage for Good handle or by commenting on a LinkedIn post on the Engage for Good LinkedIn group, um, you will be have a chance to win two round trip airline tickets from JetBlue. So nice. check out, I know, check out engageforgood.com forward slash JetBlue for more information. Joe, where can people find you online if they would like to do that? Uh, people can find me minute to minute on Twitter, talking to JetBlue and to Megan at Joe Waters. Uh, you can also visit my blog, selfishgiving.com. Don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter. I get my five-day mini course on cause marketing. And of course, check out all those pins on Pinterest, pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm online at Megan Strand on Twitter, as well as tweeting for Engage for Good at Engage for Good. You can find show notes for today's episode at engageforgood.com as well as selfishgiving.com. And we would be remiss if we did not ask you to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts so that you do not miss an episode. And on behalf of Isima and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time. 